Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Hello everyone, Pastor Scott here along with... Natalie. Natalie is our Connections Coordinator and Youth Director. And so I want to welcome those of you listening to the podcast today. (laughs) Krista, we continue to pray for your family, uh, extended family that's in the Ukraine, Mm -hmm. as well as all the people in Ukraine and in those surrounding countries that are so many doing so much for the people of the Ukraine and just the whole situation over there. It's just, boy, it's such a heartbreaking Mm -hmm. thing and feel a little helpless. But I I, want to say this, on the flip side, our church council executive team met last night and it wasn't from Pastor Don or me, but from our council president. And so our website's already been updated, but the council voted to give out of church funds $5,000 and then ma- or match up to $5,000 right. uh, of donations that the congregation gives at our website for Ukrainian relief. Yes. That money is going to go to the ELCA Disaster Relief Fund. They do a great job. That means basically every penny of it will go to the, the situation yeah. in Ukraine. It'll probably, you know be helping the refugees uh, as they go into some of those other countries. So if any of you are so moved, go to goodsamlv.com, hit give, and then you'll see the Ukrainian relief uh, option there. And uh, those monies will be gotten, uh, be given to help. And so that's a way we can do something beyond prayer as well. But anyway, great to have you tuning in, Natalie. So Natalie, Natalie did a great job preaching. She did such a great job preaching last week that I think I'm going to go on vacation for a while. <laughs> as long as it's not during the summer, because I'm gone a lot yeah, during the summer. So. That's, that's true. <laughs> but we love when Natalie preaches um, because she's our, well, our connection coordinator I mentioned. I think I maybe forgot to say she's also our youth director. Yes. And so our young people get to hear quite a bit. And... Um, so the not-so-young people got to hear you yeah. as well. I, was gonna, I always laugh. People are like, oh, my gosh, you're so good. You should preach more often. And I'm like, I do this every week. Yeah, it's yeah. just not on a day that you're yeah, here. So right. if you want to hear me more often, uh, Wednesdays we have our senior high. We're always looking for volunteers for that. And Sundays we have our junior high. So if you want to yeah. hear me more often, come and volunteer I in like the youth it. ministry. That's right. Yeah. So there. <laughs> That's how you can hear Natalie, too, exactly. but we, you do a great job. And, and so I just want, especially to our podcast listeners, to kind of know uh, that background. Yeah, right. so, thank you. Uh, we kicked off Resilience a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then Natalie took it to the next place, and I, I loved how you used the story of David. Yeah. But, but how, how do you want to begin our time together today? So I, I kind of mentioned it in the message, but I when we heard... Resilience, like I knew that that was going to be the, the theme of our series, um, 
and the pastors were so gracious as to say, you know, you know, whatever you want to talk about under the umbrella of resilience, which is huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll I narrow it down. Yes. I first thought of the story of David because we often think of him when it comes to resilience, because he spent a lot of times um, being chased after by his enemies. Like Saul spent a lot of time trying to kill him. And so he had to be resilient in those kinds of um, situations also with, you know, David and Goliath and with Bathsheba, like there's so many of these great stories of him being resilient. Um, so that was where I started, but it was actually the beginning of his story that really caught my attention. Cause that was something that I felt I related to. Um, and something Why, that because he was younger and no, just because <laughs> he, it, it was, um, I felt like there was a time in my life where I did believe some of those negative things about myself. Um, because I let people with just enough influence tell me who I was and I listened to that. And so, and I want to say it was not my family. Yeah. My family is wonderful. They've always encouraged me. Yes. They are wonderful. Um, it was, it was some people that I, I should not have been wasting my time with. And so, um, when, when I saw that, yeah, this great man that we, we think very highly of as believers, like we hear of David and we think, oh, man after God's heart, blah, blah, blah. So to see him start from this situation where people really didn't think much of him, they didn't believe in him very much, I felt like that was a good place to start because when we talk about resilience, you know, maybe, maybe there's people in our congregation that haven't experienced something tragic. You know, when we talk about resilience, we think of tragedy, a really tough loss or... Well, I mean, I think what's going on in, in the Ukraine oh, right absolutely. now... absolutely. And I watch on TV and I, I talk about resilience. Yes, but I mean, we haven't necessarily gone right, through things right. like that. That's so what, what I mean, are yeah. some of those? what are some of those other things? And I just thought, we there is like that daily grind of resilience that some people have to fight when they're fighting off what other people have said about them. Yeah, and, and I think probably if, if we all look back in our life right or maybe it's happening right now but but I think you know you're dealing with uh, our young people mm -hmm. and I can't even imagine kind of the pressures of social oh, media yes and all that kind of stuff that they're dealing mm -hmm. with I mean I know my son's experienced that mm -hmm. on social media and my guess is most kids yeah. have and how do you stay strong mm -hmm. when people are saying things about you mm -hmm. And they don't even know you. Yeah. And that's the thing about the internet, too, is, yeah, it doesn't have to be people that you know. It can be anyone who's found your video who's like, I don't like your shirt. And, you know, you're 14 years old and you're like, I, I liked my shirt. Like, why doesn't this person like my shirt? And it's, as an adult, that seems so silly. But to a student, like, they were really proud of that outfit or yeah. whatever. And this one person can say something that completely brings them down. Yeah. So, yeah. So resilience is really something that is needed in young people. Absolutely. And, and any age. Absolutely. And, too. But, and, and David's story helps us see some mm -hmm. of that as well. And, and I know I have to put my glasses on. I'm looking yeah. at her outline <laughs> from, from this last week, but I want to kind of make sure that we hit um, what you were talking about. Obviously, early in his life, mm -hmm. uh, David, well... I, I mean, tell the story from First Samuel, but yeah. I mean, when they were looking for a new king, mm -hmm. uh, David wasn't even in, on the radar. He wasn't even, yeah, it, it, 
it was interesting when it's like, oh, all of his sons had gone in front of Samuel, but he wasn't there. But David wasn't there. Yeah, see, this is seven <laughs> sons, and, oh, and then this other but one. But wait, there's another yeah. one. And so, yeah, it, and even, even Samuel, who, would he be considered a prophet? <coughs> Excuse me. Pardon? <laughs> no. Hang on a sec. Not a problem. I, I, yeah, I think in the sense of okay. having a prophetic word. Yes. Yeah, and so this was somebody who was very close to God, was, had a good relationship with God, heard from him, and even he had the tendency to judge the same way we would. You know, when, when Jesse's first son came up, Samuel said, oh, this, this has to be him. Be. This is him. Like, he was tall and handsome and probably, you know, broad shoulders. Like, I just picture this very good-looking guy, and he's like, oh, this must be him. Like, this must be the king. But that wasn't it. And so when David, it said that he was handsome, but it also says that he was very small. Like he was not, he did not have a very large presence in the literal sense either. Well, and, and I, I didn't know exactly how old he was at that point right. too, but maybe he hadn't even hit his growth spurt Exactly, yet, yeah, because he was the youngest. Yeah. So he could have been, I mean, just a, a teenager, early teenage years. And, and yet, you know, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but David reminded us too that he had to be resilient in being that keeper of the sheep. Yeah. Uh, fighting off lions and tigers yeah. and things. And I'm like, oh my Which goodness. Which is interesting when he says that or too, because and... Jesse, he's like, oh, well, he's just out in the field. I don't think anybody realized what David was facing out in the field. Yeah, bears was, and lions. Yeah, oh. he was fighting off these huge animals like that we wouldn't even consider. The, the closest we've probably gotten to those animals is like seeing them in a zoo. Yeah. Like well, we wouldn't consinue, consider trying to fight them off. And yet he was out there on a regular basis fighting off lions and bears and probably wolves and like all sorts of things to protect mm -hmm. the sheep. Yeah. He had been a protector his whole life, but nobody gave him the credit for that. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I wonder how that made him feel. Mm. Um, but yet obviously God was working mm -hmm. in him and through him and uh, raising him up. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's an amazing story. And yet he wasn't perfect. No. I mean, as you... Far from it. ...obviously <laughs> shared, too. Um, well, I don't want to put words into your mouth, too. Mm -hmm. and I, I need. I want to look at your outline yeah. just to make sure. So, I mean, part of what you were talking about, and, and you were sharing your story, too, was all of us face um, images and things that have been planted in our minds mm -hmm. by other people. Mm -hmm. Um it, it, not negative in the case of your family, but for some people it yeah, is family. Absolutely, uh, it's mom or dad or grandma or grandpa mm -hmm. or brother or sister. Uh, that can be the case. Hopefully not, but can be. But it might be teachers. Te it absolutely. might be friends coaches. or coaches. Exactly. Yeah, friends. You know, oh, that kid's never going to amount to anything. Yeah, you know. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people where a teacher told them that they weren't good enough. Yeah. They should just give up. Yeah. And it was like, but of course, like those stories, we hear them because they've come out of yeah. that stronger. But like, you shouldn't have to hear something bad in order to come out on the other end, like right. better. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and, and so there's a lot of stuff that's filtering mm -hmm. in on our minds. And so your message was really talking about, you know, to have resilience by, by understanding who God says we are, right. not who right. other people say right. we are. And it may not even be like 
a specific person in your life. Maybe you're a mom and you see all these other moms and you think they're momming better than you. And you're like, oh, I'm such a... I've like, never heard it that way. Mom, yeah, momming. momming they're momming better. <laughs> and, you know, there's this whole idea of mom guilt. And, like, when you don't do something perfect, you have the sense of mom guilt. Or maybe it's, you know... I don't know if people still read magazines, but magazines and, you know, social media, there's images out there of what we should look like and who we should be. And you should be a professional or you should be a stay-at-home mom or you should be, you know the man providing or whatever. And so it's like, there's so many societal expectations. So even if it's, even if you can't think of like a specific person saying, oh, you're blah, blah, blah. There are probably some societal expectations that you've internalized as well. Now that I've turned 65, (laughs) I've I've kind of gotten to the point of realizing I'm never going to look like the guy in the cover of GQ. Fair. (laughs) And so it, it is out there. Yeah, maybe senior cue, but no, no that's not a, that's not even gonna happen either. But but yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I do read magazines. It's just on my iPad. Okay. Um, yes, and that's yeah. why I wasn't sure if yeah. like we're looking, but we're seeing these images yeah. that are are being portrayed in, yeah. or even on the news or the movies. TV like yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean the ads. You know, yes. At, at Christmas, I, I don't know where these people get the money to buy like three new Lexuses every Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm driving a twenty-year-old. I've also always wondered, like, how does a spouse surprise the other spouse with yeah. it? Like, what? How are you making large purchases <laughs> without your spouse knowing that you're doing that? But yeah. anyway, we're, we're, we're digressing. <laughs> but but those are the kinds of things yeah. that are in our head mm-hmm. about who we should be, mm-hmm. and it really has nothing to do with how God sees us and how God wants us to be. And and it fits, and I think it's on here, your verse um, that you referenced. Yeah, from 1 Samuel. If you Mm -hmm. want to read about uh, David and what Natalie's preaching on, go to 1 Samuel. And, um, yeah, the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Mm People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. And I think, too, like, it's not even just outward appearance. Like I said, it's some of those, and and maybe not outward appearance as far as, like, our physical appearance, right. but how people view us. Right. He looks at our heart. He knows what we're valuing and why we're making decisions that we're making and the heart behind that, and that's what he cares about far more yeah. than what we're portraying to the world. And, and and if I may, this wasn't a part of your sermon, but now that we've entered the season of Lent, mm. uh, it's that time uh, as we prepare for Easter and move towards Holy Week that Lent gives us the opportunity to kind of do our own introspection, introspection yes. of where our heart is. Yes. Because God looks at our heart, but our heart needs some cleaning up too. Absolutely. And, that, and that's when... You know, I mean, I I don't want to tell you all the times I have to look at my heart and go, that's not how mm-hmm. I should be thinking. That's mm-hmm. not the attitude I should have. Uh, and that's when I need to ask for forgiveness so that my heart gets in the right Absolutely. place. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, all right. So how move us in, in into some of those points you made, yeah. Natalie, uh, using kind of the David story, too. Yeah, so... One of the other things I wanted to reference was I I spent a lot of the beginning of the message talking about who others say you are. But I think sometimes, too, we get caught up in who we say we are. We try to define ourselves for better or for worse. And I used the story of Bathsheba, 
mostly because it's probably a very well-known story for the most part. Right. And it would um, make it would make primetime TV. Oh, absolutely. TV and it's like it's pretty bad. Um and so if I I'm humbled but I'm grateful for stories in the Bible where it's like, okay, if David can be forgiven for that, I can still be forgiven. Like I know that I'm not too far gone because there are some pretty pretty nasty things in there. And so I wanted to use that story just to to show that even though he had done this horrible thing, and there are probably things that we can think of where, you know, maybe we still carry guilt and shame or um, disgust with ourselves over something that we've done, but we don't have to. Okay. Maybe just in case people aren't yeah, familiar, if you're not, do, I'm a, sorry. do a real Yeah, synopsis. if you're not familiar with the story of David and Bathsheba, um, Bathsheba was a woman who lived in the town that David was king of. And um, Jerusalem? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he saw her and had his men bring her to the palace. She was out sunbathing. She was out sunbathing. With um, no clothes fact, on. Sounds like some, Vegas. Sometimes it says that she was in a bath, which yeah. I always think is funny because her name was Bathsheba. Um, <laughs> so he calls her to the palace and he sleeps with her. But she's married to somebody else and she gets pregnant. And so instead of seeking forgiveness and trying to right his wrongs in a more um, godly way, (laughs) he, he ends up having Uriah killed. He brings him home, hoping that Uriah will sleep with Bathsheba and the timing will work out and he'll just assume the kid's his. And when that doesn't work, he sends him back to the front lines of war. So where he knows he will be killed. Um, And so then he takes, he being David, takes Bathsheba in as his wife. And so we see this story. And what's interesting is David doesn't even realize he's done anything wrong. He's so focused. Well, I think he realized he's done wrong because he's trying to hide it. But he doesn't realize the depth of what he's done until his friend Nathan kind of points it out. And it actually takes, Nathan tells a story about a man who took another person's goat for a dinner in order for David to realize. And David was like, oh, that man should be punished to the fullest extent, blah, blah, blah. And Nathan says, you are that man. And that's when David realizes what he had done. And he repents and is forgiven. And of course, there are repercussions. I'm pretty sure that child ends up dying of sickness um, as like a punishment of his sin. However, he is still redeemed from that. Yeah, my my guess is as humans measure uh, transgressions or sins, that's, that's pretty, pretty high up pretty there. Pretty high yeah. up there, and chances are none of you have been close to anything like that. But the point, I think, obviously, that you're making, and, and I, I find it as a source of hope too, is that even though David did something that bad, mm-hmm. he was still a man after God's own yeah. heart. And I read a wonderful article because I Googled, like, how is David still a man after God's own heart? And the way the author explained it was beautiful because he's he actually I say he I don't know who wrote it. It could have been a woman. So they the author said, like, yes, David had messed up just like the rest of us. The thing about David, though, is he was constantly seeking God's guidance. So even when he would mess up, he would still turn back to God. He was always seeking that guidance and always willing to follow that guidance. God would say, do this, and he would do this. And so when we say he's a man after God's own heart, even God said, 
I'm not sure the verse. It's probably in First Samuel as well. God said, he is going to be after a man or a man after my heart. He will do everything I tell him. He will do everything I say. And he does. When God gives instruction, David, no question, follows that every single time. And so, yes, he has these moments where he falls short, just like we all do. But as soon as he realizes what he's done, he always turns back and always turns straight to God for forgiveness and guidance on where to go next. Wow. It sounds like a pretty good reason to be regularly at church, regularly yeah. in God's word, regularly in prayer, because we're pretty regular about falling short. Yeah. <laughs> Daily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hourly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and, 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 and so, I mean, obviously God knows that about mm-hmm. us, and yet to be able to come to him and say, yeah, okay, I blew it again, mm-hmm. and I'm coming back to you. Uh, is being after his heart. Yes, too. yes. Yeah. And and that tells us about who we are. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, mm-hmm. but, I, but I love how you said it. We need to know who we are. Who we are and, and whose we are. Whose yes, we are. yes, because it's... And, th- and I think that was David's strongest... Um, point or characteristic um he he did he always knew and and he he even credited everything to god like when he was talking to saul and he's like no no i can take on goliath it was because of god's power in him it was never like oh no i'm big and bad enough right because he wasn't as big right but god but god was and he he knew who god was and he knew that he belonged to him and therefore he knew that he could do whatever he was called to do. Yeah. I want to give that. Can you tell, is Pastor Jim watching? Yes, okay. he is. Uh, if you didn't hear Pastor Jim's sermon mm-hmm. on Ash Wednesday, uh, go back into the YouTube streams and, and, and find it too, because you know some of what you were saying reminded me of what Pastor Jim talked about Job as mm. well, how... You know, I, I think Job's faith was so strong. Oh, and that's then, a story of resilience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and Pastor Jim did a great job in, in telling that story yeah. too, but David and Job and, you know, some of these characters in the Old Testament that we don't always look to as yeah. much, uh, but powerful stuff Absolutely. There. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you had some good, I, I liked, and I know you, you said in your message that uh, there are a number of verses, and I know if oh, you want to read yes. some, that the Bible has, and these were just some. I was going to say, this yeah. is when I say it's the tip of the iceberg, yeah. it, these four passages are just the beginning. Yeah. Um, the first one was John 8, 34 through 36. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And as we've talked about, everyone sins. So this everyone includes all of us. Yeah. Um, a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a child is a part of the family forever. So if the son, the son being Jesus, sets you free, you are truly free. And that applies to us. We are set free because Jesus came and and died on the cross for you and me. We are included in that family line of Jesus. And so we are set free. So that tells you who you are. Exactly. Um, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. And once you received no mercy, now you have received 
God's mercy. So once again, you, I mean, you are chosen by God, which I I always tell my students to try to put it into perspective, like the creator of the universe, the Bible says that he knows the number of hairs on your head. And I don't know if you've ever tried to count the number of hairs on your head. I have not. Um, but he, he knows us so intimately and so individually. It's not just you are his people as a whole, but you, you as an individual are his. That, yeah, and I think it's beyond our ability to even grasp oh, that. Oh, yes. But when you doubt yourself or look down on yourself, mm-hmm. remember that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because if God knows you and loves you that well, there's hope. Absolutely. Um, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And I think that speaks to that second point. We're made anew in Christ. Yes, we've fallen. Yes, we've made mistakes. But through Jesus Christ, we receive forgiveness. And we are created. We're a new creation. We just had that sermon series as well, yep. if you were following in January. Yep. Um, we're created new. We don't have to carry the burden of that sin for the rest of our lives because we have been forgiven we can continue to do the good things he planned for us and leave that that burden and that shame and that guilt behind um and then galatians three twenty six: for you are all children of god through faith in jesus christ when we have faith that jesus christ is our lord and savior we are children of god we we receive the inheritance of eternal life of grace and mercy now we're able to live more fully here it's not just eternity that is affected by the resurrection like our daily lives are affected by the resurrection um and like i said yes these are these are four verses but it's just the very beginning like the entire bible tells you who you are my mom always says that the bible is like a love letter written by god to you as like an individual um and so one of the things that i thought of i i told you briefly on sunday after all of the services, of course. By the way, that happens to Pastor Jim and me and Pastor Don too. I was I should thinking have about said, it. Yes, yeah. I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I didn't tell them how they could know who they are. I told you to know who you are, and who God says you are, but I didn't tell you how. And so I want to, I want to kind of talk about that today. At the beginning of the sermon, I was talking about you know the illusory truth effect. How the more we hear something, and most of the time it's those negative things that other people say about us. We start to believe it, even though it's not true. Um, but that, that goes with truth as well. The more we hear truth about us, the more easily and readily we'll be able to believe it. And so that is being in God's word yep. on a regular basis. Maybe it's as simple as downloading the Bible app because it will send you a push notification and every single day it will give you the verse of the day. You don't even have to like look it up. Um, It's being at church. It's being in a community of people who follow God because they can speak into your life as well. Um, For me, I don't hear a big booming voice of God telling me who I am. Um, I believe God speaks to me through other people. That's happened many times. Um, And it's through other people kind of re- um, what's the word I'm looking for? Affirming? Yes, thank you. Reaffirming, like, I know who God says I am, but other people will reaffirm that for me. Um, it's, like I said, it's reading the Bible and literally seeing what God says about you. Um, it's listening to Christian music and getting that reminder through there, because so many of those songs are based on 
scripture. In fact, I would argue that all of them are based on scripture to some extent. Um, and so it's making sure that you, you are putting literal words into your life that will remind you of who you are and tell you who, you, who God says you are. And the point for that in this series is that will help build resilience. Absolutely. You know, to have that toughness, mm -hmm. if you will, um, that's one of the definitions in the dictionary of yeah. resilience, because hard times will come. Yeah. Um, difficult times do come, and how do you get through it? And it's by being resilient, using the gifts that God's given us, mm -hmm. the yeah. promises, the yeah. realities. And, and when you have that foundation when other people try to say things about you or when 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 something happens when you have a mistake that you're coming back from um because those don't just happen in the past like we'll make more mistakes in our future too you already know like no no that's not who i am yeah. let's let's change this narrative and and move forward um and you'll you'll have the tools to be able to do that more quickly great <laughs> Those of you that are listening on the podcast, I referenced Pastor Jim's sermon on Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, you might want to go to our website, which is uh, goodsamlv.com, and you can see the sermon yes. uh, archives there and go in. Obviously, you folks, too, but I mm -hmm. want to make sure, especially for those listening, uh, and, and maybe if this is the first time you've ever had any connection to Good Sam, too, mm -hmm. just to know goodsamlv.com. You can learn more about the church. Yeah. If you're in Las Vegas, obviously, always welcome to come and visit and worship with us. We'd love that. Or if you're in Germany or yes. or um, Delaware or Florida Delaware. or Texas, yeah. wherever. Um, somebody came up to me after church a week or so ago and said their sister in California goes to her church and then comes home and watches ours on, online. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know where everybody yes. is, but... Um, just be, you know, know that there are resources at the website. Yeah. Too. Anything you want to add as we wrap up, Natalie? Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah. And don't forget who you are and who you are. Thanks for listening. Those of you listening to the podcast, appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And um, I again, you did a great job. And Thank you. remember who you are and whose you are. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thanks, everybody. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. See you in church this weekend. Yes. Bye-bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day. Amen.